word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In your word is our, it is our place to go for guidance. It is the authority of the Christian life. And so as we open your word today, we pray that you will reveal your word to us. We're not here just to learn. We're here to have revelation. Revelation comes to us only through your spirit. And so may your spirit reveal to us the truth of your word in such a way that we will leave here with it, using it to make an impact on the world and to walk ever closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We have been talking over the last several weeks um, about how, how God is at work and, and Jesus is telling us how um, He doesn't do anything without the help of the Father. And uh, Jesus is telling us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We just talked about a, a number of things. I, want to, I just want to bring that in a little bit closer today. I want us to look a little, in a little bit more of a practical way how that, how that all comes together. We're not finished by any means in this, in this whole thing we're talking about. Um, because if we don't get this, we're, we're just going to spin our wheels for a long, long time. We're, we're, it's just not, we're, we're not going to accomplish anything for the kingdom of God And God is not going to be able to work in and through us to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. We have to to get this. So I'm going to remind you, um, to begin with here, in John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, just previous to these verses, Jesus had healed a man um, at the pool of Bethsaida. And uh, he had told the man, pick up, your, pick up your mat and walk. And the man had picked up his mat and walked. And the Pharisees saw him, and it was a Sabbath day, and the Pharisees said, what are you doing carrying your mat? You know the law says you can't carry your mat. And he said, well, the man who healed me told me to pick my mat up and walk. And they said, who was this guy? And they, he didn't know who Jesus was because Jesus had healed him and then slipped out of the, out of the picture. Later on, Jesus found him and said to him, don't sin anymore or something worse than you not being able to walk may come upon you. And then the man realized it was Jesus, so he went and told the Pharisees, and the Pharisees persecuted Jesus because he had healed on the Sabbath. And in response to that, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. And then Jesus said to him, said to them, my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. 
So there are a number of things that are going on in those verses. First of all, when we've talked about this, that God is always at work. When I say God is always at work, there's, there are two places that I want you to understand that God is always at work. <clears throat> no, I'm going to back that up. There's really only one place that God is at work, and that is in the hearts of people. Okay? Because everything that God does is redemptive. God is redemptive. He is at work in your heart and your life right now. He is at work in your heart and life. You may not realize it, but the very fact that you are here in this building today, in this service, indicates that God is at work in your life. But God is also at work in other people's lives. He's at work in people's lives who do not darken the door of a church. Just because somebody doesn't come to church doesn't mean that God isn't at work in their life. As a matter of fact, there are, there are a number of you in this room today, <clears throat> and I say this not as, a, not as a discouragement, but as an encouragement, but there are a number of you <clears throat> in this room today that have people who are very close to you, loved ones who are very close to you that are not following Jesus. But I want to tell you something. If you are praying for them, guess what? God's at work. God is at work in their lives. And the reason we know that God is at work is because He's always at work. So what you and I need to be doing is we need to not lose hope Keep praying, and God will keep working, and one day there will be a breakthrough, and that individual, whoever they may be, will respond to the gospel and come into the kingdom of God, or if they have been in the kingdom of God and they are now wandering out there living in sin and not be doing what they should be, God will bring them back. Because God's at work. Now, I, we, we've seen this. The, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does. Okay? Folks, if Jesus, who was the express image of God, who was perfect in every way, couldn't do anything on his own, he, that's what he said, I do nothing by myself. I can only do what I see the father doing. How much more will you and I not be able to do anything on our own. How many of you agree that you can't do anything on your own? You agree with that? You agree with that? Then stop trying! <clears throat> the definite... What... <clears throat> what is, Michael, could I ask you to get me a little thing of water? Thank you. <clears throat> Pardon me. What is the definition of insanity? 
doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We have to get it through our minds that we cannot do anything on our own. We can't accomplish anything for the kingdom of God in and of our own human efforts. Jesus said, I look and I... Now, here's the next thing. The Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. The Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. Does God love you? Wow. You sure got me convinced. Does God love you? Do you believe that God wants to show you what He's doing? Do you think that God wants to accomplish His plan and purpose for the world by using the people who are a part of His body? Yes, He does. I want to show you this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we read these words. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Pretty much if you've been in the church for any length of time, you've heard that verse. And it's true. When Jesus comes in, if anybody's in Christ, the Bible says we're, we're cleansed, we're regenerated, we're a new person. Okay? We're a new creation. The old is gone, the new is coming. Listen to what, it, what Paul says after this. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, the idea here is that every one of us was alienated from God. Agreed? We're all alienated from God. There was nothing that any of us could do to reverse that alienation. We were permanently and irrevocably alienated from God. Until... God made a move. When, when God made the move by sending Jesus to die on the cross and He paid the penalty for our sin, then the opportunity for you and I to be reconciled to, to God came into being. So, all this is from God. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself. He did not not reconcile Himself to us. He didn't move. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't do anything. We were apart from God. We were were 
at enmity with God. We were enemies of God. He reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now that's a really great statement, but the statement's not over, and that's part of the, that, that's part of the difficulty with, with the Christian walk in some ways, is that we don't finish the statement here. We've been reconciled to, Christ, to God. Hello? We've been reconciled to God. Along with that reconciliation to God, God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So, is God at work? How often? All the time. Does He want to do it all by Himself? No. What does He want to do? Well, He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Does He want us to go out and reconcile people to Himself? No. He wants to reconcile people to Himself by using us to do it. We can't do anything by ourselves. I want you to say that with me. I can't do anything by myself. It is God doing Do you remember last week we were talking about this? How, how the, a servant in the secular world works for his master? But in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, God works through his servant? There's a big difference. We've got to stop thinking that we have to work for God and we have to begin to allow God to work through us. So He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what is that? There's a colon there. It means something's coming up. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Not only has He given us the ministry of reconciliation, He's given us the message as well. What's the message? That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Now, that's the message. That's the message that we are to take to the world and say to them, listen, God wants to reconcile you to Himself. God wants to reconcile you and forgive you of your sins because He doesn't want to count your sins against Him because the penalty for sin has already been paid. So God wants to use you and I. Right here, right here it's telling us that He, want, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation but he's also given us the message of reconciliation. And he goes on and he says, we, there, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal go ahead, through us. You see, 
God wants to make His appeal to the world, to the unsaved, to the lost. He wants to make that appeal. He wants to make the appeal that He is in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not in counting their sins against Him. He wants to make that appeal through us, because. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things will become new. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Christ isn't here. The physical, literal Christ is not here. The Holy Spirit is here. But the Holy, the Holy, the Holy Spirit, can I, can I just... Is the Spirit of God in this room I you know what I might just take issue with you on that the holy spirit doesn't inhabit buildings he inhabits people he's not out there he's not right here he's right here he's right there he's right here that's where he is you say you're splitting hairs. I'm not. He's inside us. He's making his appeal through us. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a, this is a personal thing. This is God at work in us, through us. Now we're not done. Hang on a second. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We're His ambassadors. We're out there. We're saying to people, we Im- in, in, in different ways and in different, using different methods, we implore you, be reconciled to God. Now, here's what we're up against. And when I say we're up against it, this is why you and I cannot begin to make an impact on the world unless God is at work in us or through us. Listen to these next three verses of Scripture and you will understand what we're up against. It's one thing... To come to the understanding that we have a ministry of reconciliation, that we have the message of reconciliation, and that we are literally Christ's ambassadors and we are making an appeal to people to be reconciled to God. I think I put my verses in here out of order, so let me just flip through here a little bit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we read these words. The God of this age has blinded the minds of believers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What kind of condition are the minds of believers. They're blinded. They're blinded. 
They're of unbelievers, I'm sorry, of unbelievers. Pardon me. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they, what's that word? Cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Someone has to remove the veil or the blindness from their spiritual eyes if they are going to be able to see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Can you do that? Can I do that? Can I, can I with logic and with, um, with all kinds of words and everything, can I persuade someone so that the, the veil, the blindness lifts? No, I can't. Then why would I try? This next verse, Romans 3, 10 to 11. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. John 6, 44. Jesus says, no one can come to me, Jesus, unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now, let's think about those three verses together. The minds of believers have been blinded. They cannot see. Did I say believers again? I'm sorry. The minds of unbelievers have been blinded so that they cannot see the, the light of the gospel. In Romans it said that there's no one who seeks after God. And Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Where does the process of people coming to God begin? With God. With God. That means that God must be at work. Because if he's not at work, no one is coming to him because he's not drawing them. They can't come by themselves because they're blinded. They're not even going to seek him without an urge from him or something that he puts in their pathway which would cause them to turn and go to seek him. They are completely at His mercy. Mercy. Yes. So, if you and I can't logically convince them because of their blindness, 
if we can't, if they can't come to him unless he's be, they are being drawn by the Father. Do you see why it's important that you and I understand that we can't do anything about this on our own? It can only be done by God. God has to do all the work, but He's going to do it through us. We have to learn to wait patiently on the Lord. We have to learn that if God isn't showing it to us, we ought not necessarily to be doing it because we're wasting our time when, God, when we can know where God is at work. Now, you say, Pastor, how do, how do I know where God is at work? How do I know? I'm going to have an opportunity to give you a very practical example. Um, if, you, if you have only been coming to this church since February, then you would not have ever met Rick. Okay? But if you've been coming for more than that, then you know that Rick and his wife come and visit us every, every December and stay till January. They come from Canada. Rick Savage, we, you... you uh, Michael introduced him a little while ago. Uh, Rick's wife is not with us right now. She is doing something. And I want him to tell you because this is one of those examples where we see God at work. We literally see God at work. And then he calls someone to join him in what he's doing. And I just want you, I want Rick to just take a moment or two and share what is going on in Alicia's life. Many. Hello. Um, temporary people just. Is it? Okay. Um, so I did that, and we, uh, she got busy with that. In the meantime, um, just recently, the funeral home in town uh, is run by another count or a current counselor in our township. Um, I worked with him a little bit, just when he was busy and tied up and needed an extra person to drive or whatever. I would do that. Um, and my wife, voices. <laughs> um, my wife became, uh, was asked to help out with the funeral home. Um, to her, it would be a bit of a problem because Sean is still currently on council, so that he would talk all the time about things that I'm sure were upsetting to her. But she began to see that there was a need there. Uh, she wanted to do some paperwork and. Uh, 
we're still very busy with trying to find a pastor. We're searching right now. So there's that work to be done. And then to fill in the other time, she goes to the funeral home at least one day a week and does all their book work. Now she's starting to work in, um, there, there's a process up there called a celebrant, uh, who's a person that does a funeral service um, when they don't want to have a, a pastor or they don't have a pastor. Um, she offers her services and it's a great opportunity for her to get to know the families. You spend a, a good portion of a day with them, find out more about the, the person that's passed and create something for the family because the family a lot of times say, no, we don't want anything, we don't want anything, and they never have a closure. And they're finding more and more this is a big thing for people. Um, cremation is a big issue up there. Like everybody wants to get it done now, very few burials. So if there's just an urn and nothing much else, these people never have a real closure. So she gets to know the family and she can, um, there's an opportunity there for her to, to witness. Um, she can't go in and do that, obviously, because when she's talking with the family, she get a feel for them. And if there's a need there and they start to ask about prayer or hymns, um, she can fill that in. And, and, and it's become a, um, a real blessing for hers. Uh, she makes, makes her feel really, uh, she's doing something very worthwhile. And we just never know when opportunities like that will come along. And uh, God's right there. I mean, he's not a problem. So, um, love being down here. She won't be down for a couple of weeks. She's doing a memorial service for all the people that passed away in the past year. Uh, they have a get together and, and uh, she has to speak at that too and she's doing that, that service too, so. Anyway, hopefully in a couple of weeks she'll be down, we hope. Amen. Now, my question to you is, is God at work? Is he at work in that situation? Can, do, you, do you see how that just, how there was just, first of all, she has a relationship with God, and she's in a position, and God opens up this door, and you say, but these people, but these people, a lot of them, you know, aren't believers. A lot of them are doing, using her because they don't, want to have a clergyman. But they got one anyway. Do you understand? Do you see how God works? God puts into the lives of people His people because they can affect and minister and the people don't even may not even realize they're being ministered to. But what is God doing? God is calling them. He's calling them. He's working in their lives. He's at work. This is, this is such a practical thing. Did she, did she go out and seek this out? And did she stand up one day and she says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to begin to minister to these people. No. It just, it, God brought it in and said, here's an opportunity. And when we see God give us an opportunity, and we're going to talk about this in a, in a week or two, that when, when God begins to speak to you and begins to show you where he's, where he's working, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Am I going to obey you or am I not? And I just thought that would, I was just, when I greeted Rick, um, 
right before the service because I, you know, I saw him and he hadn't been here in, in a, almost a year and because uh, they live in Canada. And, and so when I began to talk to him and he began to tell me this and I go, oh my word, that's exactly what I'm going to talk about this morning. It's a very practical uh, application of what, of what the message is about. You say, well, I don't, I don't see where God, where God is at work. Okay, we're going to deal with that next week. We're going to deal with that because if we're not seeing where God is at work, does that mean that God isn't working? <laughs> no. God is always at work. Okay? Dear people, we, we, are, we are dealing we are dealing with people who are blinded, who are not seeking God, but God is at work. He is at work. Why? Because He wants to reconcile them to Himself. He wants to reconcile them to Himself. And He has given to us, His people, the ministry of reconciliation and the message of reconciliation. And he says, I'm going to affect their lives through you. I'm going to affect your, their lives through you. So you and I, we need to be thinking and praying and keeping our minds and our hearts open to hear and listen to where God may want to move us and where He may be giving us an opportunity. You see, you may, you may have heard that and say, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. But the point is not that that's really cool. The really cool part about that is that God's at work. God is at work. reconciling people to himself. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will that you will help us. We really need your help. I need your help, and I'm sure that there are others in this room today that need your help. This is one of those moments where we talked about many, many weeks ago that as we were in this set of teachings that there would be times when we would be confronted to change the direction we're going. To change our thinking. That we would, that we would need to repent. That we would need to turn around and go the other way. This may be one of those where we have to stop and say, Lord, I've just, been, I've just been running ahead. I've just been doing my own thing. I've been working for you instead of you working through me. I need to stop and just admit to you that I can't do this on my own and that I'm tired of trying. I'm just tired of trying. And I want you to begin to show me where you are working so that I can join you 
and we can see the kingdom of God expanded exponentially. I pray, Lord, for each and every person in this room that I thank you, first of all, that you're working in all of our lives. And and that just simply by us being here together is proof that you're at work in our lives. Thank you for your incredible patience and your mercy and your grace to us. Take us and help us to be the ambassadors, those ministers of reconciliation that you desire us to be. And Father, we thank you for the ministries that you have brought to this church because once again, we know that you are at work. You are at work in, in prisons around this state and around this country, around the world, literally. And you have allowed us to become a part of the EE prison ministry. We thank you for Brother Art and for his, all of his staff. And, and Lord, for the message of the gospel that goes out into this, these these places where people have been incarcerated for some of the worst crimes that human beings can can commit. And yet, in those places, there is life because the Spirit of God is there at work in the hearts of men and women, and they are coming to know you. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. We thank you, Lord, for the ministry that of love serves in the Dominican Republic, for the thousands of souls that are coming to know Christ through that ministry, the strengthening of churches, uh, and, and Lord, the ministries that are going out from these churches. We thank you that we can be a part of that. We thank you for the ministry at the, the Transitional Center, Lord. And we pray for this Friday night as we, uh, as we go there once again. And we just we continue to pray that not one single girl would ever leave that place without knowing the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And as we give out those gift bags, Lord, on Friday night, and uh, we have a service, we just pray, Lord, that you're, we know that you're already at work Lord, may we see some of the fruits of that work in very real and practical ways. Thank you for using us in that way. We pray for our missionaries, for Todd and Shelley, for Chris and Silk as they minister in Thailand, Todd and Shelley in the Middle East, and we just thank you for them. We pray for them over this holiday season as they, um, uh, as they present to their friends and to, to others the, the gospel of the, and the coming of Jesus and why he came. And Lord, we just pray that by your spirit there will be many who will believe. And Lord, you have been so good to us here. 
You have blessed our daycare and that ministry. We, we thank you for that. We thank you for each and every family that entrusts their child to our staff uh, each day during the week. We thank you for that blessing and for that ministry. And Lord, we see you at work in other places and we just thank you for it. Open each of our individual eyes and use us as your ambassadors. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.